and the worldly desires, and, and we should uh, strive to be more and more like Christ uh, every single day. Uh, but it is good, as I've said, it is good to be here uh, this morning. As most of you probably noticed, my family and I were, were missing last Sunday, and somebody asked me, uh, was I preaching a trial sermon? And that answer is absolutely not. Um, I was not preaching a trial sermon uh, anywhere, but my family and I took four days to the beach uh, just for what I like to call R&R, some rest and relaxation, and, and we thank you for the opportunity that we had to be able to go, uh, and we're excited to be back doing what God, is, God has called us, called us to do, and I'm personally excited about today's uh, word. Are you excited about the word today? Amen. I'm excited this morning. Uh, this week I had a passage on my heart, and, and uh, Thursday night and Friday morning, uh, God changed my direction, and, uh, and I truly believe today's word is, uh, man, it convicted me throughout the week, and uh, I believe today's word is an on-time word, and will be an on-time word for, for many of us, and I pray today that, that you will allow God uh, just to move in your heart, open up your hearts to, to receive uh, his word. I pray that his word today will encourage you. I pray that it will, it will motivate you, and I pray that it will challenge you uh, in your walk uh, with Jesus Christ. Sometimes we need to be motivated, amen? Sometimes we need to be encouraged, and sometimes we need to be, be challenged in our walk, and I, and, I, and I believe that today's passage is going to do that. Uh, so if you would, uh, turn to 1 Peter chapter 1, uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 13. Uh, you can follow along on the screen, but we'll be in 1 Peter chapter 1. Uh, verse number 13, and we will go through verse number number 25. I'm reading out of the NLT, uh, the New Living Translation, and you can follow along on the screen. But starting in verse 13, it reads, So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything, just as God who chose you is holy. Verse 16, For the scriptures say, You must be holy because I am, I am holy. Verse 17, And remember that the Heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of Him during your time here as temporary residents. Aren't you glad we're temporary? Right? This is just a temporary place for us. Verse 18 says, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it, is not, it, was, paid with, with, it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. But now in these day, last days, he has been revealed for your sake. Through Christ, you have come to trust in God. And you have placed your faith and hope in God. Because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. Verse 22. You have cleansed your sin from your sins. You, you were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart. Verse 23, For you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living Word of God. As Scripture says, people are like grass. 
Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flower fades. But the word of the Lord remains forever. And that word is the good news that was preached to you. Will you join me as I pray? Lord, we love you. God, I thank you for the opportunity to proclaim your word. And God, I pray today that I would do it unhindered. God, that I would just allow your spirit to, to lead me. Uh, God, this morning, God that, God, that hearts will be changed, lives will be transformed. Uh, God, and you would do a work in our lives today. God, we love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to talk on the subject today or preach on the topic today, holy living in an unholy land. I told my wife, I started to entitle this clean living in an infected land, but we ain't going to go there. Holy living in an unholy land. Church, before we dive into our passage this morning, if we were to go back and we were to read the first part of, of, of 1 Peter chapter 1, we would clearly see that Peter emphasized walking in hope, putting our hope in, in Jesus Christ. And in our passage today, we see that, that Peter now puts an emphasis on walking in, in holiness, walking in, in holiness. And in our passage, Peter motivates us and he encourages us to maintain a holy, holy life. Peter reminds us that that we have been called to live holy lives through Jesus, Jesus Christ. Church, I pray through the word today that, that we will understand living a holy life isn't just a, a one-time thing or a, a Sunday thing, but, but living a holy life is a, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle that we, that we choose to live. Do you hear me this morning? Amen. Holiness is a, is a lifestyle that, that we as believers should strive for every single, single day. The dictionary actually says to be holy is to be, to be dedicated to God. Church, to be holy is to be, is to be set apart. To be holy is, is, to be, is to be different. Warren Wearsby once said, uh, a holy person is not an odd person, but a different person. I'm going to say that again. Listen, a holy person is not an odd person, but it's a, it's a different person. He said his life has the quality about it that is, that is different. Warren said his present lifestyle is not only different from his past way of life, but it is different from, from the lifestyles of every unbeliever around him. Church, Peter encourages us to maintain a, a different lifestyle in our passage today, a, a holy lifestyle. And Peter begins in verse number, number 13 explaining what that looks like. In verses 13 through 17, Peter gives us a great reminder of how the true Christ followers should live their lives, how to live a, a holy, holy life. Are you with me this morning? Amen. Tap your neighbor and say amen. 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 Starting in verse 13, Peter says, So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. Listen, Peter starts out by saying, Prepare your minds for action. He says, put all your hope in the gracious salvation of Jesus Christ that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. Church, living the way God wants us means that we must prepare our minds every single day. We must set our minds on the things of, of Jesus Christ. We must set our minds on the, on the Word of God. We must, we must set our minds on the return of Jesus Christ. Are you looking forward to the return of Jesus Christ this morning? Amen. We must set our minds... On Jesus Christ. Peter tells us put all of our hope in the gracious salvation of Jesus Christ. Aren't you thankful for salvation this morning? Aren't you thankful that one day Christ is coming back for all of those that put their faith in Him? Amen? Listen, it's no surprise this is not the end. Amen? 
This is not the end, but this is just temporary, and Christ is coming back for his, his children. And Peter tells us part of walking in holiness in an unholy land is preparing our minds for, for action and putting our hope in the return of, of Jesus, Jesus Christ. Church, I believe Peter is telling us in our passage that the only way that, that we can face the things of, of this world, the only way that we can maintain a, a holy life is when we set our minds and we, and we put our hope in, in Jesus Christ. Church, holy living requires us to prepare our minds and, and put our hope in the return of Christ. I believe Peter is telling us in this one verse that if, if we're going to live holy lives in an unholy land, that we must make Jesus at the center of our thoughts. Amen? We must put Jesus at the center of our, our thoughts. I want us to understand this morning that if we're going, uh, um, if we're going to, to, to live holy lives, if we could ever get to the point where Jesus is at the center of our thoughts, if we could ever get to the point of where, where Jesus, the return of Christ, is at the, at the center of our thoughts, I believe that we, as believers in Jesus, would be able to resist the worldly things that, that like to enter our minds and, and hinder our walk with Jesus Christ. Amen? If we could put Christ at the center of our, our minds and at the center of our, of our thoughts, we would be able to resist the things that, that this world throws at us. How do we maintain a holy, holy lifestyle? Peter says prepare our minds for action. And don't put our hope in things of the world, but, but to put our hope in the gracious salvation of Jesus Christ. That will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. As we continue looking at maintaining a holy life and Peter goes on to say in verse, in verse 14, he says, So you must live as God's obedient children. Turn to your neighbor and tell them obedient. Obedient. We must live as, as God's obedient children. Peter goes on to say in verse 14, Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better before. Church, a part of fulfilling God's call to holiness requires us to be obedient to Him. Amen? Listen, a part of us living a holy life as Christians requires us to be obedient to Him. Not slipping back into our old ways to fill our own desires. Church, it's no secret that the world we live in, the, the country we live in, the, the state that we live in, the county and even our community is full of, it's full of sin. How I many will you agree with me? It's full of sin. It's, it's full of, of darkness. It's full of people chasing worldly desires. We are living in a world that is more focused on themselves than focused on Jesus. You with me this morning? Listen, we, we are living in a society today that is more worried about pleasing people than, than pleasing, pleasing God. I'm telling you right now that we are living in a time where, where churches are more worried about pleasing people than pleasing Pleasing God. Can I tell you this morning, I don't care uh, what you think when it comes to pleasing God. I don't mean that in an ugly way, and I hope you feel the same way, because I'm worried about pleasing, pleasing God. I'm not worried about pleasing people, but I'm worried about being obedient to God. Because if I'm going to live a holy life in an unholy, holy land, i got to take these words for what they mean, and i got to be obedient to my Father. Amen? Peter continues to tell us how to walk in holiness by God's grace. In verse 13, he said that we should put all of our hope in the day of Christ's return. And, and now he tells us that we must stop doing the things that satisfy our own desires. How I many would agree and say that that's pretty hard? Yeah, because we like to do what, what we like to do. Hey, I'm with you. Listen, God convicted me so much 
through this passage in the last couple of days and, 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 and about getting my priorities straight. I started to entitle this, this message Priority Readjustment because a lot of us, including myself, we need to get our priorities, priorities straight. We need to put our own desires aside to chase after the desires of God. Church, reality is, as Christ followers, we have a before Christ and we have a, an after Christ. We have a before Christ and, and we have an after Christ. And the truth is that before we put our faith in Jesus, we lived in ignorance of what really mattered. We lived the way that, that we wanted to. We followed our own desires instead of, instead of God's desires for us. But now, we are in Jesus Christ and, and Peter calls us obedient children. We now have become God's children. And listen, now that we have Christ living in us, we are built to obey the Father. We are built inside to obey the Father. Church, now in our passage, Peter tells us that we must live up to who we are in Christ. We must live up, start being who we, who we truly are, who God has, God has called, us, called us to be. Stop following the things of this world. Stop following the sins of this world. But be everything that Christ has called us to be. Verse 15 goes on to say, but now... You must be holy in everything that you do. Now, I know some of y'all sitting there thinking, well, that's not possible. I don't think it's possible either in the world that we live in. But Peter says, "Go on." he goes on to say, we must be holy in everything that we do. Just as God who chose you is, is holy. Would you agree with me this morning that God is holy? The God of the universe is, is holy? For Scripture says you must be holy because I am holy. Church, I would be lying to you if I told you that, that living a holy life is easy. I would be fooling myself and, and fooling you this morning if I told you following Jesus and, and walking in holiness is, is easy. It is not easy, but, but I want us to understand, church, that it is possible through Jesus Christ. It is possible through Jesus Christ when we begin to, to understand that we are incapable of living, uh, unho uh, uh, living holy lives in and through ourselves and that it's only through Christ that we can do that, we will begin to walk in, in holiness. We are incapable within ourselves to live holy lives, but it's only through, through Jesus Christ. Church, it's only through Christ that we are able to live holy in an unholy Land. Peter goes on to say in verse 17, he says, And remember that the Heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorites. Surprise. How many of y'all got favorites? Now y'all quiet. Y'all wake up. Everybody laugh when I talk about total favor. Everybody laugh when I say give a little extra money. Y'all can laugh now. It's okay. <laughs> but as we continue in verse 17, he said, And remember that the Heavenly Father to whom you pray, has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of Him during your time here as temporary residents. Church, I believe here in verse 17, Peter is telling us as children of God that we need to be serious about sin and, and serious about, about holy, holy living. Peter tells us that, it's, that this is just a temporary home and one day that we will be judged or, or rewarded according to what we, what we do. Now, church, don't be confused. The judgment Peter is, is talking about in this passage is not the judgment about whether or not God will allow us into heaven. But I want you to understand that when, when we trusted Christ, God forgave our sins and, and He declared us 
righteous. Our sins have already been judged on, on the cross and therefore they cannot be, be held against us. But what Peter is saying here is when, when the Lord returns, there will be a, a time of judgment of each of us that each of us will give account of how we lived, how we lived our lives. I want you to know this morning that as believers in Jesus Christ, we must, we must take our, our walk with Jesus serious. We must take it serious and we must strive every day to walk in, in holiness, knowing that one day we will stand before God. One day we will stand before a holy God. How do we maintain a holy living in an unholy land? Peter says we must prepare our, our minds for action. We must, we must stay focused on, on Jesus. Peter says we must put all of our hope in the return of, of Jesus Christ, looking forward to the Lord's return. Peter says we must be obedient children, not going back to our, our sinful ways, not, not pleasing the world, but, but pleasing, pleasing God. Peter says we must be holy in everything that we do just as God is, is holy. In verse 13 and 17, Peter gives us a great reminder of how believers in Jesus Christ should live their lives, how to walk in, in holiness. Church, I mentioned earlier that walking in holiness is not easy, but listen, I believe Peter gives us some motivation in the next couple of verses, in verses 18 through 21. Follow along with me in verse 18. Peter says, for you know that God paid the ransom to save you from an empty life. I mean, even though you were empty before Christ. We were empty before Christ to save you from an empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it's not paid with mere gold or silver which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Jesus, the sinless, spotless Lamb of, of God. God chose Him as your ransom long before the world began. But now in, in these last days, He has been revealed for your sake. Through Christ, you have come to trust in God. And you have placed your faith in God and hope in God because He raised Christ from the dead and gave Him great, great glory. Church, I believe these few verses, as I read them this week, are, are the highest motivation for holy living. The highest motivation for, for holy living. Peter reminds us of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And because Jesus, we have a reason to live holy, holy lives. In our passage today, Peter reminds us of what we were before Christ. Before Christ, we were, we were slaves to sin and, and we needed to be set free. And Peter also reminds us of what, that God loved us so much that he sent Jesus to die in our place that we no longer have to be slaves to sin. Church, knowing that Jesus died for you and He died for, for me, and because of His death, listen, we now have life everlasting. It should be motivation for us to live our lives sold out to Him. That a man, somebody came in flesh and He walked the earth and He died a, a death on a cross should be enough motivation every day that we wake up that we should strive to live holy lives for the man that gave His life for us. Amen? He didn't have to. He didn't have to give his life for us. But that is motivation for me every day, Mr. Jeff, to live my life in knowing that a man died for, for me that I may have eternal, eternal life. Knowing that Jesus shed his blood should motivate us. In verse 19, Peter, listen how he describes Jesus. The precious, sinless, spotless lamb. Lamb of God. I want us to understand this morning that it's, it's only through the blood of Christ 
that we are able to walk in holiness. It's only through the blood of Christ that we can be, we can be redeemed. It's only through the precious, spotless, sinless Lamb of God that we can live holy, holy lives. Peter went on to say in verse number 20, God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. Church, I read that this week, that God chose Jesus as, as my ransom long before the world began. Listen, it reminds me that Jesus' death was no accident, but it was ordained by, by God. I'm going to say that again, that Jesus' death, reading this, this scripture and knowing that, that, that God chose Jesus long before the earth began, it reminds me and motivates me and, and lets me know that the death of Christ was no accident, but it was ordained by, by God. Warren Wiersbe said, from a human perspective, Jesus was badly murdered. But from a divine perspective, Jesus laid down his life for sinners. From a human perspective, Jesus was badly murdered. But from a divine perspective, Jesus laid down his life for sinners. Jesus died for you and for me. Church, I pray today that when we leave this place, that we will be motivated through knowing that Christ gave his life for us. Jesus Christ died for you and, and for me and it's because of Jesus that we can live holy holy lives. In verses 22 through 25 Peter closes out the chapter with the importance of, of loving each other. How many of you love each other? A few of you. Peter closes out with, with, with talking of the, about the importance of loving each other. Verse 22 Peter says you were cleansed from your from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all of your heart. For you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. As scripture says, people are like grass. Their beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the Word of God remains forever. And that Word is the good news that was preached to you. Church, a part of, of living, of holy living, is that we take what Peter is saying here and, and we love others as Christ loves, loves us. Jesus loved us enough to die for us and, and the least thing we can do is share that love. With others. I know that the world we live in today is hard sometimes to love people. Amen? Amen. Sometimes it's hard to love people sincerely. Listen, people do us wrong, it's hard to love them. People disagree with us, it's hard to love them sometimes. It's hard to love sometimes when things don't always go our way. But listen at the end of verse 22. Peter said, love each other deeply with all your heart. Listen, I think when, when we love somebody deeply, we forgive when we don't want to. Amen? Listen, I think when we live in holy lives and we're striving to live for Christ, when we deeply love somebody, we smile at them when we want to slap them. Y'all with me this morning? Y'all with me this morning? Listen, when we live holy lives, when we strive to, to be like Christ, when we deeply love somebody, we actually show it. 
and save us. Love is not easy, but it's possible when we're walking in the holiness of Jesus, Jesus Christ. Peter said, love each other deeply with all your heart. Church, I truly believe that holy living is incomplete if it's not accompanied by loving like Jesus. Two greatest commandments in the New Testament. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, your soul, your strength, everything within you. Love your neighbor as yourself. I had a kid in soccer this year. I think we had that verse. We shared that verse. And he said, well, my neighbor ain't here. I said, you're right. Your neighbor's not here. But your neighbor is those that we come in contact with. Those that we sit beside in church. Amen? Those that we elbow or we fist bump. Those, those are our neighbors, those that we come in contact with. Listen, when, when we are living holy lives and the love of Jesus Christ is so deep within us, we can't help but show that love to whoever we come in contact with. I love a passage of Scripture. I don't know if he's here this morning, but, but uh, Mr. Frankie Joyner did a great job last week. I went back and, and listened to parts of his sermon. I told him we were um, looking for a senior pastor. He could put in for it if he wanted to. But, but he, he preached out of Galatians chapter 5. And, and I went back and I read that passage this week and and, and Greg, Jonathan, me and you talked about it this week. And, and that first part of verse 16, it says, walk in the Spirit. It said, walk, and that thing, man, I've read that passage so many times in my life. But when I read it this week, it just jumped out of the page. Walk in the Spirit. When somebody does you wrong, walk in the Spirit. Amen? Listen, when somebody cusses you, walk in the Spirit. Listen, when someone makes you mad, walk in the Spirit. If we could have a mindset of walking in the Spirit, man, we'd all get along. Walk in the Spirit. And he taught last week, and when we do that, those fruits of the Spirit will begin to, to show in our life. When we walk in the Spirit. Listen, a part of walking in holiness is walking in the Spirit. You can't walk in holiness without walking in the Spirit. Amen? Peter goes on to say in verse 24, People are like grass. Their beauty is like the flower in the field. The grass withers and the flower fades. But the word of the Lord remains forever. And that word is the good news that was preached to you. How many believe this morning that the word of God is the good news? Amen. It is, it is the, the good news. Church, I believe... That the Word of God encourages us. I believe that the Word of God empowers us to live out the love of Jesus Christ. It's not us, but it's what lives in inside of us. Carson, if you'd come and play, I've got a couple more things I want to read. But as Carson comes, and just begin to play. I want to read something I got out of, um, ran across and explore the Bible. I don't know if you've ever seen that before, but I was reading um, this week in a, a story. It said a young man, a young man was making his final preparations to leave for college. The only thing left to be done was receiving that final piece of advice from his dad. He expected a list of do's and, and don'ts. 
But instead, his dad gave him one piece of advice. He said, son, I have only one thing to give you. He said, it's my name. He said, don't take it anywhere I wouldn't take it. Don't associate it with anything that I wouldn't. With this counsel that dad sent his son into the world. Church, it went on to say, we ought to take this story to heart. As followers of Jesus Christ. What a powerful word it would be indeed. If Jesus looked at us who call ourselves Christians. Children of God. And reminded us that we carry, we carry His name. His name includes living a life of holiness, reflecting on His standards and the character. Church, when I read that, it made me think of my everyday walk. With Christ. And it made me think of all the times that I have failed Him. It made me think of all the times that that I've gone around and I've claimed to be a Christian and I've claimed to be this and I've claimed to be that, but yet people have seen me fail and people have seen me do wrong. And it made me think that when people see that, I have the name of Christ on my back. And it makes me want to live more holy. Now, will I ever get there? Absolutely not until Christ returns. But church, we ought to take that story. The father told his son, he said, the only thing I can give you is my name. Don't go anywhere that I wouldn't go. Don't associate it with anything that I wouldn't associate it with. Think about your life right now. Are you walking in holiness? Does your life reflect the standards of a holy God? The things that you do on a, on a daily basis, are they reflecting the things of Christ? Stand to your feet all over the house. I haven't done this in a while, but I, I want to I ask you to bow your heads. I'm going to ask them to cut the lights down, please. Nobody looking around. And I know when I read this, this word this week, and I saw how Peter was teaching the importance of a holy life of living holy. And I begin to think about my own life and I begin to think about things that I could change, things that I could do different. You know what? I could I could center my thoughts better around Christ. I could do away with my own desires just a little bit more be obedient to God I can love my neighbor just a little more deeply 
I could represent Christ better than what I'm doing. And I wonder if you're in this place today and you say, you know, we've read the scripture and there are some things in my walk with Christ that I can work on. Nobody looking around. If that's you this morning, will you slip your hand up? Nobody looking around. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to ask you to come down. I'm not going to drag you to the altar. I want you. To, I want to pray for you. Okay? Maybe you're in this place and you say, you know what? Just this week, or I think about my life, there are times that I am chasing after the old me. There are some times that I am pleasing myself and, and not pleasing, pleasing God. And I need, to, I need to get my priorities straight. I need to get refocused on Christ. I need to set my mind on Jesus. That's you this morning. Will you slip your hand up? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Listen, if the Holy Spirit is dealing with you this morning, and I never like to, to end a service without giving you the opportunity to accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And if that's you this morning, listen, I want you to come when the altar's open. But I'm going to challenge you this morning. You don't have to come to the altar. You, you don't have to. But it's okay to okay that's what it's there for living holy in an unholy land it's hard but it's possible through Jesus I'm going to ask you this morning if you slipped your hand up you said you know what I'm battling with this or that in my life I can make some changes in my life there were hands that went up all over the place and I'm going to challenge you if you raised your hand on the count of three I want you to come the altar is going to open Carson's going to play and sing but on the count of three, I want you to come. One, two, three. I want you to come. You come. When the music fades and all is stripped away and our sympathy comes longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart I'll bring more than a song for a song in itself is not what you have required you search much deeper within through the way things appear you're looking into my heart I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. King of endless worth, 
no one could express how much you deserve. Though I'm weak and poor, all I have is yours. Every single breath, I'll bring much more than a song for a song in itself is not what you have required you search much deeper within through the way things appear you're looking into my heart i'm coming back to the heart of worship it's all about you it's all about you It's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the king I've made it. And it's all about you, it's all about you. 